Welcome to Permaculture Freedom Podcast. My name is Cody and I'm your host. This is a show about cultivating freedom in our lives so we can be our best self. Freedom to live a beautiful, regenerative lifestyle that inspires our families, our friends, and our community. To transform our lives and reconnect to nature within. It's a revival of our roots. Roots that run deep into the earth. We were born for this time. We were born for this time. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful journey. Thanks for showing up. get started and have you tell us about yourself. Who are you and what do you love to do? Sure. Thanks, Cody. I, I really appreciate the invitation to talk with you today. Um, so my name is Dustin Braun. I am a former PDC student of yours back in 2017 and am a practicing call it permaculture designer, ecological designer, uh, husband and father of two and living in Bloomington, Minnesota here, which is kind of a southern suburb of Minneapolis. And, and, you know, really been fascinated lately with just kind of optimizing my personal lifestyle to really integrate with what I, what I value the most, which is, you know, time spent with those that I love, uh, time spent outdoors, you know, breathing fresh air, eating high quality food, getting time in the woods, getting time to explore. And so I've been really focused on um, integrating those aspects into my life as, as best I can. And, you know, I think why we're here talking right now is because, you know, I've taken what I've learned from both from you and Megan Cody, but also some of the other um, educators and mentors in my life and on the ground uh, education and uh, applied it to starting um, all a suburban scale uh, permaculture design business, homegrown land design. And so that's, uh, that's been a real fun venture for me and uh, one that's you know, kind of pushing me in, in all aspects. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a great place to really learn, um, really learn what it means to grow as an individual and potentially grow, you know, as a community here. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, um, yeah, what we're here to talk about, I suppose. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear more about your homestead. I, I I know that you guys have just a really cool, unique situation being right on the fringe of Minneapolis, technically in the suburbs, and 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 the situation with your lot size and, and your neighborhood. So, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about that. And you know, where is it? What's it like? And what sort of activities are are you up to and, and your family? Yeah, definitely. Um, it is a unique space. If you just go like two block bus um you know it's it's pretty standard suburban living 
um, you know, most in A or B, built in the late 50s, early 60s, and um, smaller lots. Uh, Bloomington is just on the north side of the Minnesota River. Um, and there's a big, beautiful river valley down here. Uh, our space came on the market one day. There were no pictures, nothing like that. We happened to be looking for a house. Maybe, actually, we hadn't even gone to see any houses with like a realtor. Um, and we knew this location because it's right by the River Valley where there's mountain biking and just, you know, beautiful forest to go explore. And um, came out one day, saw it, and, um, you know, it's, it's a half-acre site, which is not terribly common in these areas, especially for the birds. And our house is the original house in the neighborhood. So it's, it's a little unique. It's got history. Everybody knows John Bleckner, the original owner who built it himself. And so there was this, this uh, sense about it when we walked through it. Um, not only was the house more house than we were kind of thinking we would be able to afford, the land was great, um, very open, um, so right for some opportunity for us to play with. And, um, you know, the price was better than I expected to. So um, needless to say, we, we bought the place and have been having a lot of fun with it so far. Um, you know, when we moved in, we already had our first veggie garden, all the seedlings started. So um, to be perfectly, like, frank, that was really Nicole and I's start into gardening um most part we've always had a, a love fascination for the outdoors grew up outdoors every minute we could be but really digging and getting our hands in the earth and, and planting you know plants uh food producing or not it was really the, the start and it was instantly addictive mm -hmm. and since then we've moved pretty fast in about three years we probably converted about half of the lot um, towards, you know, call it like ecologically beneficial food producing plants, you know, looking at ways that we can harvest and maintain the water on our site to stay here and not be called a detriment to the river valley that's right next to us. Um, you know, we're looking at ways that we can engage with our community you know i've got basically an edible walkway along the street for people to just come and and you know enjoy and one of my goals there i need to get some better signage out but that's happening this year um, you know we've we've done our best to basically create this space that is fun is beautiful it integrates with how we want to live our lives which is outside um it offers that privacy that we're looking for. And also with every passing month, call it um, more and more uh, desire to get more and more edibles into the mix, produce more um, really because it's not any more work to produce than, you know, produce something edible than, than not edible. So uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. The uh, one of the, the beautiful perks about having um, two young daughters now, uh, was last year, you know, my two-year-old, I got to really uh, watch her explore the garden and she can walk around and tell you um, what is edible. She'll go tell you what chives are. She'll go pick the trees, eat the currants, and she'll call them out by name. And it's, it's something I didn't have. And I think it's so incredibly special. Yeah. 
it, it's uh, it's motivating um, for me to be able to help, you know, take this experience that I have and help others, you know, maybe come to um, be able to share the same experience with, you know, with themselves or their families too. Yeah. Yeah. That that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just picturing how gratifying that must be to, to see that happen, you know, because of you and, and because of Nicole, that you, it's just by osmosis this is happening for your children to grow up in this kind of connected to nature lifestyle oh my gosh big so kids are complete sponges like i know that's like a saying that's overused but it is so true Mm -hmm. so you know they're gonna look to you the parents for for what that kind of truth is that reality that um you know that they should listen to the most and so, you know, there might be other outside influences, but, you know, at home, that's going to be the strongest one. And so, um, you know, part of it is, is role modeling. Um, it's really role modeling a behavior that we, you know, want to inspire to live ourselves. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a teacher, like words only do so much, the actual actions, um, those speak the strongest to, to kids and, and really to anybody else. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, like I said, it's fun. We're having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So. yeah, well, I, yeah, I was just gonna say I couldn't agree more with the actions, and you know, we'll get to talk a little bit more about just you know the way that you've set up this site to you know really demonstrate living proof of how beautiful and functional and efficient and so many other reasons that this this can be in a suburban context. So, so yeah, we'll we'll get into that, but. You mentioned earlier uh, when you moved into the place, you you started growing uh, seedlings. Was that what you were talking about, you and Nicole? Oh yeah. yeah. So how did how did that start? What got you to the point of wanting to grow, like start growing those those uh, veggie starts and and go down this path? Gosh, that's a really good question. Uh, I have to have to think a little bit on it, but. I mean, I think we both had this desire to, well, like I said, we've always been really interested in, in being outdoors and kind of integrating ourselves with our environment and having access to land now that which we could potentially grow some healthy food on was appealing to us. We were both, you know, interested in what it means to, to be healthy. And I think we all know food is a, a pretty important part of that. And so it was one of these natural, um, natural stepping stones. It didn't, I can't tell you like this moment when I thought of it, but it was just such a natural thing for us to say, Oh, we're going to have a garden. Um, and so, you know, we had an offer on the place and we we're going through the process and we just decided trying to think what we started. We definitely started, corn from seed and trays, which, you know, I probably wouldn't do now necessarily. You could, but, um, you know, and we had, I remember that garden we had, you know, a nice, a nice little polyculture going that we, uh, you know, we had tomatoes and we had, um, marigolds and peppers and I think some squash in there. We had a mix of everything in a small place and, um, you know, everything grew really well. Um, and so it, it was exciting. We, we chose a good spot in the sense that it was full sun. And so we were rewarded, um, 
we were rewarded with that first garden. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a, a fun um, entrance into something that reaffirmed um, reaffirmed our desire to, you know, continue down that path of, of having a garden and just living more integrated with our space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering too, like, did you grow up with that in, you know, were, were one of your parents or both of them interested in gardening or, um, just, you know, spending out outdoor time or, or Nicole or either of you? Um, you know, it was more that, uh, from my perspective, I grew up uh, with a couple acres of which we could go and, and play with. And really, it was a couple acres, you know, that was what our little house was on. Mm-hmm. But our neighborhood was on a lake, and we had, it was a very, had a lot of very mature trees. and had a creek running through the neighborhood, a lake. And so it was this really ecologically rich space. And so we grew up just exploring um and anything and building go-kart trails through the woods and playing paintball and just like essentially we lived outside yeah. uh there wasn't really much gardening besides my mom planting some manual flowers at the house mm-hmm. um so you know it was really more of just a, a growing up um in ecologically rich and interesting environments and then you know taking doing travels um that, that brought us out to the mountains or, or what have you, uh, continuing that, that, that interest. And then Nicole, uh, one thing, a major influence for Nicole is that she was born in Ecuador and only spent the first three years of her life there, but it's had tremendous influence on her, um, on her view of what it means to live with the land, you know, her family down there, her grandmother, for instance, lives on a farm. Um, you know, she goes to visit grandma, grandma goes out and, you know, pulls vegetables from the garden and maybe a chicken for a soup. Uh, that was the lifestyle. And so she, she's drawn to continuing, um, that legacy that her family's had, um, and it's, it's very different culturally than it is in the U.S. And so, you know, it's like holding on to this piece of you that you don't get to live every day, but um, being able to, to share in it. And so, mm. actually, I know Jack from uh, our PC. Yeah. Um, he gave me some seeds for some of these Ecuadorian hot peppers. And so that was fun to, you know, grow some, some seeds that came from Ecuador. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we, you know, Nicole spent a lot of time out in uh, in Oregon, and um, we both just brave um, being in the woods even more than we are currently. Mm-hmm. But um, knowing that we can create something really special right here at home is is also very appealing, and we don't really see. Uh, uh, call it a reason to stop just kind of going full in yeah um, you know i think at the end of the day we're we're making something that is you know going to provide a lot for us both like tangibly um food production but also uh you know this 
this uh, de-stressing place for us, this place of incredible beauty. Um, the amount of life that we've been able to support on this space just like energizes you to the max when you walk outside and you can't even count the amount of like bees or butterflies or birds or what have you in the little prairie section that we have. Um, it's just uh, super motivating and so you know, that's kind of some of the, the background to how we got um, excited about it. But then just once you build it, the excitement, it's like a ball rolling downhill. And mm-hmm. going. Yeah. And that, that observation, um, getting to sit back as, as an observer, you know, we drive to an extent and that we start by placing plants. But then the system, the plants drive themselves and we sit back as an observer and and interact, you know, at times when necessary. But um, it's, I think that's the most interesting part, honestly, is just, it's just watching the system evolve. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. You talked about how both you and Nicole just really enjoy being in the woods, but, it, you know, at the same time, you're, you're creating that, that feeling of being in the woods and you're creating a woods all around you right where you are at home <laughs> it's, it's true i yeah. mean there's no doubt we you know we face a street most of our yard is a front yard facing a street mm-hmm. but we planted a lot of trees and, and shrubs and you know native flowers yeah. and, and and so forth and um you know it ends up that in the midsummer we have a four foot wall between us and the street and so it ends up being pretty private and yeah. these trees and shrubs will grow up and so we'll get this it'll be kind of this like mystical privacy where from the street you're kind of walking by you can see through it to an extent but you know it's it's this uh i don't know you you, i'm hoping that it just like creates a sense of curiosity where people will want to know more Mm -hmm. and my goal will be to integrate you know our neighborhood um and community members into the site as well you know hosting different different workshops or just Mm -hmm garden helping days or, or what have you. And so there'd be this curiosity, this privacy, which we all need privacy. Um, that's the thing that the suburbs, the city doesn't really, doesn't really offer so much. We all have this intrinsic desire, I think, for, for privacy, whatever that means to you. But to me, that means able to walk outside and not have to know I'm being watched. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's something about that. And so, um, you know, we can create that without being like off-putting to the neighborhood. I think mm-hmm. that that balance that we're going for and, and, um, and looking to achieve. Um, so, yeah. 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 It's, it's, what's interesting about that, too, is that, you know, like from a planning perspective, like urban planning, the suburbs were you know, a while back, they were the solution to having more agrarian activities on the fringe of an urban area where there was demand for those things, right? So there was a little more land for animals and growing food and different things like that. And now it seems like, you know, the the tables have turned to be even more strict in suburban areas than they are in urban for, for a lot of these activities. What's your experience of that? Um, I would agree. Uh, just, well, now it's like almost 70 years ago. It sounds, it sounds like a long time saying it, but when our house was built in 52, we built, it was built on cornfields. Um, so, you know, we're 12 miles from downtown Minneapolis. And yet not too long ago, this was all farmland. 
um, you know, prior to being a forest and so forth. But yeah, there is a really interesting history there. And I do think it's, you know, I think most of us know it's, it's kind of baby boomer generation. There was that time to, you know, have the, the victory and, and then that really quickly changed and it, it changed culturally to be kind of taboo almost. Um, and culturally we became really obsessed with, with uh, buying things, consuming. And so it's, it's, it shifted this game from people, you know, taking ownership over, over, gosh, you know, so many aspects of their life and food being one of them. Um, you know, heat, Minnesota heat, we outsource our heat for the most part. We outsource, you know, our electricity, we outsource our activities. We don't use our yards so much of the time. Um, and so, yeah, when, when we look at the suburbs, from my perspective, the shift that I'm trying to make in my own life and help other people with is how can we actually make these suburbs productive again? Um, you know, right now, during the weekdays, the suburbs become ghost towns for the most part. Mm-hmm. Leave to go to work, which is, you know, a whole centrally located places, downtowns, um, city centers, and so forth. And it's, it's changing a little bit with work from home arrangements, but, um, you know, suburbs become the ghost town. And I'd like to see that move to more towards, um, you know, where the suburbs still remain active um, throughout the day and we bring producers back to the burbs. And so, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that like my lot or my lifestyle is, is one where I'm producing for the rest of the community, but I'm taking step in um you know in family which is really you know important um on many on many levels and yeah i think i think that's one of the main reasons why um i got into doing this work not only for ourselves as a family but for but for others is just that i think people are seeking this sense of like freedom because the more we give away um, uh, some of these skills to others to do for us, we're actually losing freedom in a lot of ways. And so um, people are, they feel it and they might not be able to put a name on it, but, um, but they also might be able to. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if I can just help people learn a new skill, I think that's incredibly important. And you know, I've been a DIYer my entire life. Like I've always needed to know why something works and and kind of uh, been that jack of all trades and openly, like I originally say, I'm a jack of all trades and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I I so prefer it that way to be honest. Like I think in many ways people have been told it's, it's better to be a master of one, but I disagree. Like I want, I want skills. I want to be able to, um, whatever craft the house if I need to or build a garden or my car like I had to I bought a car recently and what do you know it wasn't valve cover gaskets it was head gaskets and so I had to pull the engine and do it and I could have just like been totally screwed if I didn't have any sort of skills but instead I did it in three days it was done and and um and thank goodness for you too (laughs) <laughs> thank goodness for you too <laughs> <laughs> the people that share so much and give so much to youtube i should say oh man all the, the teachers really? 
Yeah. They really do. And I know, you know, I know probably be asked about like, you know, mentors and, and where we've gathered some of our experience and excitement and YouTube has been a huge source of that mm-hmm. for, for many of us, most of us. Yeah. But, well, um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, on that subject of skills, uh, I think that's a that's a really good segue to talk more about permaculture, um, because that's such a strong component of it. You know, you were speaking to, you know, outsourcing those things slowly starts to take away more and more of our freedom, and I I couldn't agree more. So, you know, why why permaculture? When did that come about for you? I can totally understand why you resonated with it, but you know, how, how did you come upon permaculture and what does it, what does it mean to you? Yeah, sure. Well, I remember when we um, were first doing called some garden planning around our house, mm-hmm. I was, just got into some YouTube videos. What do you know? Um, and it wasn't even permaculture. It was more like country gardens and just thinking about like aesthetic purposes. Like how do we live in a beautiful space? And then there was a moment, and I remember it clearly, and it's a big name, but I found Jeff Todd, and he, like, blew my mind. I found him, and I watched every video he had on his website that night. Like, yeah. <laughs> this makes, as you said, too much sense. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It just, like, instantly did resonate, but in the sense that, like, gosh, it just made like if I'm going to be creating a garden why not create a food garden Mm -hmm. Uh, perennial food garden Um, if I'm going to work with a landscape why don't I make this landscape be as resilient as possible to changing conditions or why don't I make it harmonize with my life in a way that you know is beneficial Um, you know not just this thing that takes my energy but also gives back energy and, um, you know, I really, at that point started diving in and just, it was just like, so I call it like, a, you know, like I said, I've been like a jack of all trades. I have this ability or tendency or whatever you want to say to get on a subject and just kind of like dive in and roll yeah. with it. And, um, this was one of those subjects and it hasn't stopped ever since that moment. <laughs> um, cause it just, like I said, it, it makes so permaculture, let's start start with that. Like, okay, the word gets used and it's it's oftentimes people don't really get it or like, yeah, I heard it. But really I just say like permaculture is just like this way of like thinking about designing a, a space or, you know, designing um, a way of living or like a way of thinking. Um and it's really that simple and has like really simple, simple like principles that when we're evaluating a situation, if we think through these principles and these ethics that we can come to a conclusion that is both beneficial for, you know, the earth, our ecosystem, our planet, our lives. Um, and really all of those things all at the same time. And yeah. so, you know, this, this permaculture, right? Some say it's permanent agriculture. I think of it more as the permanent culture. Like how do we create um, uh, lifestyles and habits that are truly, you know, the word sustainable or regenerative that can truly stand the test of time. Yeah. So, so when I like learned about that, it immediately opened my eyes to some different things happening that were, contrary to, to those principles. And, um, you know, I, I try not to focus 
too much on the negative because, well, you could bury yourself in a hole, you know, all the way to China if you wanted. Um, but there's just so much opportunity to um, right some wrongs or create some new habits, um, you know, myself and culturally, I think. And um, that's, that's the fascinating part. It's, it's endless uh, experimentation, endless opportunity. And um, that's what keeps it fun. Like, you know, right now, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this design work for people as, as a business, as an income source. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how you get into it. You think you're going to go like one direction, but then, you know, as somebody who's self-employed, you end up, you know, going down many different paths, many mm. different directions, and they start to bring you in, into different kind of realms that you weren't expecting. And, and um, yeah, it's all just been really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got obsessed with the Jeff Lawton videos. I can certainly identify <laughs> with that. <laughs> yep, yep. Coming across somebody that, you know, dominates the internet with a lot of permaculture content, you know, for good reason. Um, so after discovering all of that, that kind of took you to, you know, the next point of, you know, hearing about this thing called a PDC, right? So then you probably... That's when you started taking PDC courses, including our Open Hearth PDC with us. Uh, I'm curious, how, how did these experiences affect you and, and your path moving forward? Sure. Yeah, so I started looking uh, at whatever point in time that I realized there was a PDC course. Uh, at the time, I was working in IT within like financial services and it can start to tell that like, Hey, this is a real passion. This is really where I want to spend my time. And I found, I looked up different like local PDC options. I wanted, I wanted them to be local because I wanted them to be applicable. I wanted to meet other people who are interested. And uh, I found Midwest permaculture, uh, Bill Wilson and Becky Wilson, who wasn't there during the class, but I found Bill and I, I talked to him on the phone for a bit and ended up taking his, his course over in Prescott, Wisconsin, um, you know, full 10 day course. And oh my gosh, I mean, talk about life change. Bill is one of the most amazing teachers I've ever had the uh, opportunity to sit down and learn from. Mm. And that experience of 10 days is, is life changing. Like it's, it's so special. Rarely do we give ourselves 10 days to like go and dive in all in, you know, yeah. where you're, hang on site, you're sleeping in a tent, you're camping, you're, you're there with these people. And so you build such deep connections, but um, Bill had this way of teaching that was really inspirational and really fun and encouraging and exciting. And, um, you know, I, I left there uh, really, really motivated and just feeling so great about this journey that I was kind of unfolding on. Uh, as I'm unfolding in my life and um, that was a great experience really good and then from there's continuous self-study and application I started doing some design work uh, my mother-in-law offered up her place so I had fun there mm -hmm. uh, to do uh, some design work um, that summer and then let's see here the following year I think it was the following year. Uh, I took both 
uh, your PDC, your Megan's, um, really, buddy, what, what attracted me to the, the land by hand was that it was all about connections. And we got to meet so many different practitioners, people who are doing just such amazing work locally. And I thought that was incredibly powerful. And for creating this, this community, this network, um, yeah, it couldn't be beat. Like, I don't know any other programs that are doing it like that. And so uh, it was super special. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. That, that warms my heart to hear you say that, Dustin. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It yeah. was wonderful to have you, you know, have us kind of start our, our friendship too in that way. So, yeah, we wouldn't be having this conversation if that hadn't happened. And you hadn't stayed up all night watching those Jeff Lawton videos. So, yeah, so true. So true. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. I took another advanced design course with Wayne Weissman too. Yep. And, um, out at Kinstone, which uh, is just an absolutely space. And that was another, uh, so it's, it's one of these places where you get to see real high quality design work in action. Mm. And, and it is such an educational experience. Uh, you, we can watch videos, we can read books all we want. We can practice, which is incredibly, incredibly important. But it's also incredibly important, I think, to go and to see some uh, well-thought-out maturing systems in place. Uh, They really can open your eyes. And so anyone listening, I highly suggest going to Kinstone, number one, but also just seeking out, um, you know, others in your area that may have um, some mature systems and go check them out, learn from them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with Kinstone spending some time there too. It's a very yeah. unique, unique context and, and just different, different aspects of it that create just a really strong connection to the land. Yeah. In such a, such a deep way, like you said, it's, it's more than gardening and growing food. It's, about leaving like this in her case like really eternal legacy yeah yeah and christine yep and and connecting with you know something beyond our our physical realm mm-hmm. all the megalithic stone structures and dolomans and stone circles and it's like i've never seen stonehenge in person but i imagine this place is way cooler to see than Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly. And, and this is here, right here in the Midwest too. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For anybody listening, definitely check out on Instagram, Kinstone, because <laughs> Christine takes beautiful pictures on astronomically symbolic times of the year and the lighting and everything. Yeah. It's very well thought out on many different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. Well, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, so what, what were you most excited about when you were starting down this path? And, you know, how has that shifted over time with what you're doing now? Um, good question. So, you know, I was really excited to just apply what I was learning. And, you know, again, some of the reasons that I was so excited was you know, creating this space, this personal space, right? That was 
um, tranquil, gorgeous, productive, um, a place where I could experiment, have fun, you know, raise a family, just feel good about it. Um, but you know, there was this other side, which is like, so the health, the, the focus on like creating a healthy lifestyle, you know, the, the more you learn, the more you don't trust the food in the marketplace or, um, maybe even the water that your city could be providing or, or what have you. And I wanted to focus on creating a, a lifestyle that would really allow my family to flourish as best we could in the suburbs. And so part of that is just, you know, um, getting outside, having a reason to get outside. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and, and so started going on there and started getting a couple opportunities to help other people as well and, and, and share some of what I had been gaining uh, from both knowledge perspective and experience, um, perspective. And, um, yeah, let's see here. Okay. Silly, but say the question just one more time. I just want to make sure I round it out right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was asking you what you were most excited about when you were starting down this, this path that you've been on and, and how that might've shifted over time to what you're doing now. Oh yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So originally, I mean, there was, there was excitement about growing and it was, it was more of a mix. I think we started with more, um, more from an aesthetic angle. Um, and then that has shifted towards more of this productive aesthetic, make easy, um, as easy as possible while, um, while having like everything we need right at our fingertips out here. So like I'm doing some shifting around of our, of our landscape in the sense, because I'm moving more towards that efficiency side of it. Like if I want to be able to grow tons of food, I want to be resourceful here within my community. I want to do design work, be a dad, you know, go adventure. I need to set things up to, to work well and work well, you know, with little, you know, as little input as, as needed. Yeah. So, um, you know, my excitement has been shifting more towards this like efficient homestead model. Um, and really it's who I see myself, um, aligning with and helping, um, these days are people that are in fact really health conscious and the more we don't really need science to, to know this, some of this information, but science is also backing up that living within like a healthy ecology, a healthy ecosystem does in fact improve your life. Uh, you know, we are, you, know, you can ask the question, like, what is a human? Like really, if you look down on a cellular level, like we're just full of bacteria and fungi and enzymes and all this other stuff going on. And that's the same stuff that like our entire ecosystem right out our door is made up too. And so the more we can foster the health of our environment and the more we can foster the lifestyle that gets us out into it, um, the chances are uh, that we ourselves may experience, you know, beneficial health results too, mm-hmm. uh, so forth. And so I've been getting really excited about um, going down that path and getting to share that outlook with other people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's shown with the um, call it the, the clients that I've been able to work with, you know, a lot of them um, 
I say a lot, like business is building, but, um, you know, are in fact really interested in that as in that aspect. Yeah. Um, they want to live within this healthy environment. They know that's an angle a perspective that I have and what I'm really trying to um, push as well. And, and they want that for themselves, for their families. And so, um, you know, a lot of it's the food, but a lot of it's that understanding that we can create healthier spaces that, that, um, that help us out. Yeah. So, Getting excited about that. Um, I'm still super pumped on on the design side, and you know, I thought about this yesterday. Um, I'm kind of in this space. You know, permaculture. One of the one of the principles is like use edges, value the marginal, and um, I've been pushed. I think, as any business owner will say, or any person really trying to grow personally that you're pushed to live within that like edge zone of your comfort space more and more. And that's a space where as permaculture will say too, like it's a real space of like growth and productivity. Yeah. So yeah, I, I find myself um, really tapping into this edge uh, mostly by saying yes to opportunities mm-hmm. and, and think a lot of those opportunities are starting to become more educational um in context in that you know i'm less going in and just saying okay this is you know my suggestion for for um, what to how to work with your your values and your vision and your landscape that you have here but starting before that starting with educating youth so we did a project roosevelt high school where we started actually by in the classroom educating um, their urban farm class, which they're lucky enough to have on what is permaculture, how can we apply it? And we ended up, you know, installing, um, the first in the ground garden, Minneapolis public school system. Um, and we're installing a a phase two garden right now. And so that's, that's really fun. And then it's been a great project. And then there's other education opportunities that are coming forth. Like just today I spoke with, um, a guy who wanted to be our mayor in this last November election in Bloomington here and didn't, didn't end up having the opportunity, but um, he's really moving forward with some education opportunities where it integrates uh, education, ecological education within our parks, mm. as well as off-road cycling with mountain biking and you. So finding this, like, uh, this intersection between all these things where we can go to a park that is underutilized um, with youth that may not be um, exposed to um, maybe the effort cycling, but also the ecological um, uh, what am I trying to say there? Just may not have the same exposure to you know, credible park systems or so forth. Mm-hmm. How can we take and teach um, site assessment tricks? How can we talk about you know, analyzing like sector analysis and how can we come up with conceptual plans that really allow that next generation to define what a park means to them instead of this kind of old mindset of its place just with the ball field and the soccer field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tapping into my uh, edge of educating and putting together content, you know, where I can really succinctly share this information with others 
is um, is a growth perspective, and it's you know, the edge is it's exciting, it's it's kind of challenging and uh, nerve wracking all at the same time, but it ends up being uh, I think it ends up being the most productive places too. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, it, I'm so happy to hear about that with Roosevelt High School. That's wonderful work, and and you know, like so much of permaculture is about that you know these edges that you're talking about and really meeting people or a system or a culture or whatever it might be wherever it's at right and there's that beautiful overlap that can be that sweet spot or that common ground and i'm curious what successes you've had you know cultivating that common ground and, and approaching people with this this framework that might not be familiar with it and what are some of those challenges as well sure um I mean, from a success standpoint, like I just consider myself lucky enough to uh, be able to work with different people who, um, you know, respect the the viewpoint that it brings to the table. Like, how can we create, you know, eco-friendly edible landscapes that you know foster health and fun and excitement and beauty and all these things all at the same time? So, just you know, from personal success, I feel successful just in that I'm. Uh, getting aligned and connected with other people and they're trusting me to, to do this work for them. Um, so there is that success. And so uh, part of it, you know, success wise too, is that, you know, I've been able to, to, to practice, to learn and practice uh, with these clients on their, on their landscapes. And, um, you know, we'll continue to see more of them getting, get implemented and move forward. Um, you know, Roosevelt's a great example of a success uh, story that is still growing. Um, you know, we got, we made this, this kind of groundbreaking garden within Minneapolis public schools. Um, it was essentially not allowed and hadn't really been done within a school system. And really the ultimate goal for this, this space, this, this school, is that we create classroom to kitchen uh, closed loop uh, garden production. So it binds education. Uh, here's how you farm. Here's how you garden. We have a physical space for which to do it. And then they have a kitchen and a culinary arts um, program, which is willing to use the produce. So not only are we creating this beautiful um, loop of education and, and productivity, but it's also something that people can take with them for the long term as well. And so that's been a great success. And that's actually been spurring a lot of different conversations too, just, just that project in general. Um, so that, that's been great. And success, uh, let's see here. You know, the, I think so much of the success lately has also been connections. Um, which is so incredibly important. You know, you start to feel the more connections you make, um, beneficial connections, the more, uh, the easier, I think, uh, work um, from like the business perspective becomes, the more uh, opportunities kind of come your way instead of having to reach out for them. Yeah. So I've been, you know, making an effort to, collaborate um, on projects with 
you know, Cody, you, for instance, and, and other people as well, um, in an attempt to both like share in the process, uh, upskill, you know, myself and hopefully the other person I'm collaborating with, we can, we can grow together also to grow, you know, to have more exposure on my, on, you know, my behalf, hopefully that, you know, that sharing, you know, ends up being reciprocated and there's just, there's more growth overall. That's, that's been really successful professionally, but also personally, uh, building these relationships and, and more long-term connections, which, you know, is really, um, really what, you know, I'm after the, the work is kind of a means, um, you know, I'm more just really encouraged to live a, a happy, healthy day, like each day that I can and share that, you know, with as many people as I can. And, and, um, you know, that's the real goal for me. And so, um, you know, that, that success can be, it, it, it looks a little bit different for me in that regards and that it's, it's really been about community building and connections and so forth lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's refreshing to hear you say that because I think, I think that's ultimately what a, a lot of people are drawn to this for is, is to just have this lifestyle that they feel happy and healthy and are thriving and can really inspire other people and, and, you know, inspire their children, their families, and, you know, really connect on that. And I think that's, that's what's so cool to just hear in your voice is the, you know, that energy that's there when, you know, certain places you might look, you know, the news or media or, you know, mainstream culture, it, you know, it can paint a pretty dire picture and it's refreshing. And the reason that, you know, for myself speaking from my perspective, the reason I came to permaculture and really resonated with it because it was so positive solution focused and really had that, that positivity at its core foundation that we, that we aren't helpless, that we can reskill and connect and help the people around us. Yeah. So, so very true. And, uh, I think with each passing week or whatever, I, I get reminded more and more just to, to stay in the, in the positive, like solution oriented side and just, yeah. uh, that, that's the side that, that wins at the end of the day. And, and what is what drives, you know, the real, real change that you want to see. It, it's not the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love or fear. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, just to circle back to something you said a while a while ago. I mean, you you kind of, I asked that question of what led you down this path, and you said that you and Nicole had started with from this you know this goal of just you know the aesthetics or the beauty of your landscape, right? And you know, then from there, it kind of deepened this relationship to move on to a lot of the other functions. And I think there's a good metaphor in that. You know, speaking to you know initially what is a good connecting place for, for people in all of this is the beauty is the love, you know, and, and connecting where people are at, where, you know, the things that they love and care about. And that's a wonderful place to start. That's a good soil to plant a seed in. Mm. Well said, Cody. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to, you know, speaking of skills, what, what sort of skills or, you know, experience, other than, you know, some of the PDCs and stuff like that, what sort of skills have you needed to cultivate to, 
to move down this path and, and live this lifestyle? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I think first and foremost is, uh, not so much a, a skill, but just, a uh, an ability to just go out and try, um, you know, instead of overthinking, overanalyzing everything, just get out and get started. Um, I think is, is the most important piece or information I can give to people because from that you'll learn so much and you'll learn what you need to, um, you know, so I always say like, if somebody has to start with something on their plan, I say, just start with a small veggie garden, like start that first. Not only do you get like such great rewards, but you'll learn kind of what it takes to engage. Um, and you'll, you'll build some skills. You'll, you'll learn that it's actually easy to grow plants. They want to grow this. It's, we're not like anything special plants grow. It's what they do. Yeah. Um, so you'll build this confidence, um, to get out and engage more from there. You know, I do highly encourage people to, uh, you know, maybe start with a book or, or a video, what have you, and just learn about if you want to get started transforming your space, learn about kind of efficient layouts, like what's going to maximize the energy that you do have. Uh, how can you maximize that and work with it? Like, let's make this be easy for ourselves. Um, and you know, kind of before that though, like lay out your values and vision. Like, what is it that you really want? Try to come, try to come to some grips of what that means to you before you go put in, you know, a dozen trees, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's much longer to grow and it's, it's, uh, painful to cut them down. But, uh, you know, from skill perspective, I really don't think beyond having, a physical um, capability, so ability to pick up a shovel, move some earth, or um, ability to connect with others if, say, you don't have the physical ability, the ability to connect with others that can help make that side of it happen. <sighs> the skill is it's really just the desire to yeah. want to try to learn. Um, you know, you can take this like far, um, what I'm talking about right now is not like self-sufficient living. What I'm talking about right now is just like getting started on a suburban homestead scale. Um, because from there, you're going to pick up, you know, more skills. Maybe there's going to be a point where you want to uh, bring animals into the picture, right? So what is an ideal setup for incorpor incorporating some, some livestock? How can you maybe work with your landscape so that you're actually producing some of the food that they can eat instead of just going out and buy some bag feed. Um, you know, there are tricks to the trade where you can make sure that chicken isn't just um, a source of too much fertility in the wrong spot, but you can actually create, you know, delicious, amazing compost with it. Um, you know, there's these little hacks and it's really just knowledge um, that you can pick up and learn. And so when you start to get to more of the true like homestead scale, you know, you got, whatever your five acres, your 10 acres, your two acres, and you really want to maximize it. Um, I would highly suggest learning from those who are doing it and going and staying with them for a week or more. Part of what I've been doing um, is going and staying with like uh, one of our friends, co-friends here, Scott Haas, Scott A, sorry, Scott Scott, um, you know, staying at his place, learning about how to, how to raise high quality, um, high quality pigs, uh, 
work with with an animal like that i don't have that experience and so that's one way to get it um next summer i'm gonna go work with uh peter of mastodon valley farms just go learn from guy who i mean quite honestly is doing it as good as i know how to do it and so go to those people offer your help and they'll say yeah i'd love a little help (laughs) that's a great way to upskill for free Uh, you know just your time is like you gotta commit yeah so um you know, it's, it's about building those connections and just getting started and, and the skills are not like over the top. I mean, this is really all of our lineage, all of our history, right? Yeah. Uh, in many regards. And so it's only been a couple of generations where we've, we've kind of forgotten the way. So yeah, yeah. It's, some it's cultures us, uh, more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So don't be, don't be afraid. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, Dustin, and I, I think that's fantastic advice because, you know, that, that you know, whether we want to call it a skill or a personality trait or just a muscle that you, that you rebuild, you know, that motivation or that desire to just try and, you know, learn through observation and interacting, you know, the, the permaculture principle, observe and interact, right? And I was talking to, you know, another mutual friend and fellow student in the PDC Armel, you know, the other day about, you know, his path in getting a home and retrofitting and working on all these projects and carpentry and renewable energy and what have you. And we talked about, you know, this concept of just-in-time learning. If you're familiar with that, it's, you know, it's just essentially it's getting started wherever you're at. And then the next baby step gets you to a point of like, okay, I need to learn about this. Then the next baby step. Okay. I need to learn about this. I need to connect with somebody that can help me with this. Right. And step-by-step, you know, you get so much further down the line than, you know, stalling in place from never really getting started. Yeah, it's so true. Um, And, you know, small world, um, you know, our Mel happened to be in my, in my PDC group with you as well. And, uh, you know, this fall we were, uh, replacing windows in our house and our Mel has plans to do that in his home that he's retrofitting. Yeah. So he came and he came to help out two different times. Awesome. To learn the skills, right? Yeah. That's a great, yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. And two years ago, I had never installed a window myself. So I nothing learned. Right. So. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Upstar Mel, I'd say he's a great example of, of truly just learning. Uh, like you said, just in time, he's doing, he's tackling most projects from what it means to have a, a like a house. Yeah. Um, he's tackling most all of them himself yeah. learning. Um, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. Well, are there any other resources you'd recommend, you know, any specific books or websites, people, um, Anything that you'd want to send people that resonated with this conversation? Yeah, I think one of the first books that really stood out to me, and I read it, yeah. the only book that I've read like probably three, four times was yeah. uh, Gaia's Garden, mm-hmm. um, Toby Hemingway. Uh, that was a really great uh, starter book for me, and um, it's still a great reference book. It's actually borrowed to one of my neighbors right now. Hope, hope he's reading it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then there's definitely plenty of resources online. I think Jeff Lawton is an incredible teacher uh, from, you know, what is permaculture? How do you go about, you know, applying it at different varying degrees and levels? 
yeah. really question and answer um, dialogues and so forth. Uh, you know, then if you want to like upskill or upscale the like homestead scale, there's like Justin Rhodes. He's uh, just doing really great work, you know, kind of tying this like efficiency side to it, right? How do you get the most bang for your time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, you know, and then I also like to get stoked on on what people are doing outside of my temperate climate. Um, heat of uh, Green Dreams down in Florida, just doing amazing tropical food forests for clients of really any scale, you know, your, your acre to your 30 acres. And it's just, it's really inspiring to see. Uh, and I've, uh, you know, I, I've, I've thought about ways that I can continue to work this like lifestyle first approach. And, and, you know, one of them is I would enjoy going down to say Florida or somewhere warm for a few months of the winter potentially. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, starting to just lay some of those seeds for myself educationally and connection wise, um, you know, that I might be able to just, you know, continue to, to learn and grow from. Um, but it's, it's so exciting to watch plants grow in tropics. It's so fast. Yeah. It's very good. So, um, yeah. Get outside. There's other people locally uh, that are doing really cool uh, large-scale work. So I think part of this, um, one of the big pieces to this is how do we, so beyond like the personal landscape level, if you don't have a landscape, you know, we're all kind of reliant on big egg or what have you, these large systems and the real work is how do we create um, how do we create a process to um, allow these systems to change over time um, into a more productive regenerative model? And Main Street Project is a local uh, group that is using, as they call it, chicken-centered regenerative um, regenerative agriculture, essentially. So they're growing a forest and using chickens to help um, regenerate that soil um, and also creating um, a livelihood and connections within the community. Um, And they're doing this at scale. They're creating these like scale models that are really productive and really beautiful. And so they've been an inspiration I could go on. There's, there's other locals. I, yeah, totally. I bet you could. Yeah. Yeah. If, if somebody asked me that question, I'd spend about a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just give one more. And it's, it's the non like land improvement um, focus, but yeah. it's like the spiritual mental improvement focus Yeah, is Charles Eisenstein, which is becoming a household name, but a really incredible person to look up. Is he a household name in your household? He's a, he's a, well, for me at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. Moms have less YouTube time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I'd love to ask you too, you know, with the, the permaculture principle of obtaining yield, uh, what's one thing you'd like folks to yield from this conversation today? Oh, gosh. Uh, that you can go from being an IT um, project manager, business analyst, whatever. Fill in the blank. If, if, yeah, fill in the blank. Um, 
to doing, I mean, it sounds too cliche, but I feel like I'm doing my dream job. There you go. I'm building it. I'm not saying I'm like, but I've been putting the intention and the pieces in order to make it happen. And it is paying off and the rewards are coming. Yeah. And, And that's the big part is it's possible. And what I'm doing is I'm leading with lifestyle, um, at like the core of it, like yeah. what is, what is going to make, uh, me and my family and our community like happier and healthier. And that's what I'm leading with. And it's the pieces are falling in place because it just, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's possible for anybody. Um, stay out of debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So forth. Yeah. That's more than one. That's more than one. I know. <laughs> that's all right. You got it sneak that one in there yeah yeah totally well i was just gonna say i think that as a you know like in these stories the more and more i hear from from other people that you know get to a place in their life that they're thriving and you know um just just happy and healthy it's there's there's going to be some sort of short-term sacrifice for that long-term gain and that sacrifice can look different for everybody but it really does take take that time and that work to make it happen and I'm so happy to hear that that you've been able to put that time in, and it's and it's starting to pay off for you in, in many different ways, and certainly grow beyond you and and your kids and, and their life too. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Yeah, Thanks so much. What what's what's next for you in your work and in your life? What's on your mind and heart right now? Yeah, well, I'm really exper- or excited to just you know continue to grow. Um, in my design work, my ability as a designer, uh, you know, creating systems that are truly meaningful. Um, so I, I'd like to start to get into um, maybe like more community scale work. Like, you know, I'm excited for this one project I was talking about earlier, where we'll be working with our, our, our locally um, community and so forth. But how can we start to retrofit our existing like parks and public spaces yeah not only is there just like substantial opportunity but i think it's also where people are going to see um that change can happen and is possible and is happening yeah Uh, those places are really important and so i see myself going into into that realm a little bit although there's a lot more like politics at play and so forth in that realm Mm -hmm. so you know, building relationships with people where it's not you taking on the thing is important. Yep. Um, but also I'd like to start working at um, uh, a little bit larger scale too, moving up to, you know, a couple acre systems where it's, it's more focused on like, um, on like production side too. I think mm-hmm. that'll be exciting, but um, really it's, 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 uh, one of the, the big growth areas for me is just like, is, is collaboratively working with those. Um, uh, I think that's, you know, when you're, when you're self-employed and sometimes you can feel like you're, you're kind of working in a little, you know, you're, you don't leave your house enough or something like that. <laughs> um, having, having nice conversations with other people and talking through these ideas in your head is, is really important. And so I'm yeah. really to work collaboratively. Um, my focus is still like the suburban scale and I, and I love it. And I think it's incredibly important to uh, branch out 
and have these different uh, different experiences. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Is is there anything else you'd like to share? Oh gosh, skill up. Um, I think it's important. Um, and you know, one thing I just uh, there's a lot. <laughs> another episode maybe dustin another episode becoming a parent it i don't know that it really changed this too much for me but man i look around i see a lot of things happening really fast and um keep your eyes open ask questions and think about like the children and the next generations and so forth make sure that they've got something um something that they can build up like we're doing right now yeah yeah totally true Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your time and, and your story with us today. And, and I really appreciate our growing relationship and friendship. So thank you. Um, how can folks learn more about your work and help support you? Sure. Uh, so again, business is homegrown land design. Uh, you can look me up on the website, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, shoot me an email, Dustin at homegrowndesign.land. I'm happy to talk with you about whatever it is you want to talk about. So, um, yeah, reach out there. You know, I, I I wish I had somebody that could manage my social media for me. That'd be great. But I'm not the I'm not the biggest. Uh, I have a presence, but it's not the hugest. But uh, <laughs> so. Well, with how fast those kids are learning, maybe it'll be one of your daughters before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Thank you, Dustin. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, you can do three simple things right now. One, you can subscribe to Permaculture Freedom Podcast if you haven't yet. Number two, you can leave a short review for us on iTunes. And third, share this episode with a person in your life you think would enjoy it too. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. Until next time, take care, my friend.